Welcome to the Diabetes What to Know podcast, where we talk to diabetes experts about how to live a long, healthy life with diabetes. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about how to adapt a healthy diabetes diet to include the foods we love. Our guest is dietitian and diabetes care and education specialist, Lorena Drago, and she's an expert in helping people personalize their diet to be right for them. Lorena, thanks so much for joining us tonight. My pleasure. All right. Before we start talking about how we can personalize our diet, let's take a step back. What are the basic components of a healthy diet? First of all, consistency. But in terms of the granular ingredients are whole grains, vegetables, fruits, legumes, nuts, and seeds. Uh, If you choose animal uh, protein foods, then make it as lean as possible and low-fat dairy. So you said consistency as the first part of your answer, and I've never heard that before. Tell tell us what you mean by that. Uh, I think that we have been taught that diet, meaning what we eat, is all or nothing. It's either black or white. Either you are good or you are bad. And what I say is that consistency wins the race. So if most of the time, you're including nutrient-dense foods, then it doesn't matter if you're also including some things that may not be as nutrient-dense, but it happens to make you happy. And it also, it's something that that it's part of, of your meal plan. All right. So next question for you. You laid out kind of the components of of a healthy diet. Do people with diabetes need to be thinking about anything in addition to those basics you just covered of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean protein, things like that? P's and Q's. So P's will be for the portions and Q's for quality. And if most of the time or consistently we think of foods as what is the quality? Is it good quality or not so good? And P for the portions. And by using this and also eliminating the all or nothing attitude, then I think we are all moving in the right direction. Okay, Lorena, as we talk about how people with diabetes can eat a healthy diet, there are a few key skills that people need to do that. And one of them is reading a food label. So walk us through what we should be looking at on a food label. Okay, so three things. Number one is that there's a difference between the serving size and the portion. That means that the serving size of any particular food, let's say cereal, might be half a cup. And everything on the label will reflect that half a cup. But your portion might be one cup. So then that means that you would have to multiply everything by two. The second piece is the ingredient list is in descending order by weight. So going back again to the cereal um, example, if you see that evaporated cane sugar is ingredient number two, and then you compare it to another cereal in which that same ingredient is listed as the fifth ingredient, you know that there's going to be more added sugar when you chose that first cereal. 
it's a good thing to weigh the portion because none of us, including health professionals and dietetic professionals, are great at gauging portions. So until we get used to what a half a cup looks like, what one cup looks like, or three ounces, I think it's best if you just try and play a game with yourself and say, let me pour this cereal. This is probably one cup. And then we find out we were eating a cup and a half or two. That is so true. I gosh, you know, I remember the first time I portioned out, you know, like a, a third a cup of rice or half a cup of pasta, and it really is a lot less than you think it should be. So I think that's a great suggestion. All right, Lorena, let's talk about carbs, something that I know so many people with diabetes wonder about. How should someone figure out how many carbs they should be eating each day? And do you recommend people think in terms of a carb budget for, their, for the day and then plan their meals accordingly? I usually use the carb budget and I take into account someone's gender, uh, age, what medications they're taking, height and weight, and also blood glucose levels. So based on that, it's the baseline carb budgeting. But I also want to make sure that everyone should know that carb quality matters, carb portion matters, and also carb companions matter. So usually carbs are not eaten alone. They're eaten and in company, in company of protein foods and fat foods. So the entire family matters. And by checking blood glucose levels, then you know how you can fine tune that carb budget. Lorena, you've talked about carb quality a couple of times. So talk about what you mean by that term. Is it possible that 15 grams of carbs from one kind of food isn't the same as 15 grams of carbs from another? Definitely. We can have 15 grams of carbs from juice, and we can have 15 grams of carbs from a fruit. Uh, definitely, they are not going to be exactly the same. Uh, and that's what I mean by the quality of carbs. You want the carbs to have good company. And the good company usually means more fiber. Got it. So we want to be looking at that fiber line on the nutrition label. And, and the more, the better is basically a good rule. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Now that we have kind of the ground rules established, let's talk about how people with diabetes can personalize their diet to include their favorite foods or their traditional foods. Where would you recommend that someone start? I usually recommend that someone get a bird's eye view at what they're currently doing. And that usually is done by keeping a food diary without judgment. And that means that we are not going to get the halo effect when we write that we wrote a salad, or we're going to have that little devilish effect when we ate a cup of ice cream. It's just an observant way to look at your foods. And then after you do that for one week, I want you to take a look and say, where are the gaps? And how can I use these gaps? How can I close the gaps and find opportunities to make it better? All right. So when you say identify the gaps, when I'm looking at a given day, do I want to be making sure that I'm getting enough protein, that I'm maybe getting enough fruits and vegetables? What are the most common gaps you see people struggle with? Um, several. So one of the gaps is most people would like to include more vegetables in their diet. 
I think that we all struggle with that. None of us said, boy, did I just pigged out on broccoli <laughs> last night while I was watching a, sh uh, a show. Uh, most of us say, boy, did I eat a lot of pasta or did I eat a lot of potatoes? So it usually tends to be more starchy carbs that we enjoy. And that's not uncommon or terrible. Throughout the world, we pretty much eat between 50 to 60% of our calories are coming from carbohydrates, starchy foods. But when we look to see at the vegetables, then if you found that that is a gap, then we can say, what are some of the opportunities that I have here to add more vegetables? Can I add spinach in my omelet if I like eggs, you can add some greens into your chicken stew instead of just making it chicken and potatoes. Um, the same thing when it comes to other different types of food, let's say in the evening, you may want to, I won't say hide, but mix certain foods. Like last night I was cooking rice. It was a great opportunity for me to dye some red and yellow peppers and then cook that in the rice, kind of like a confetti rice. So I also try to find opportunities myself to include more vegetables. Okay, Lorena, as we think about indulging in our favorite foods, I have kind of a basic question for you. Is it better to eat the quote unquote regular version of our favorite foods and just have a small portion? Or should we try instead to make the recipe healthier? How should someone figure out what approach is better for them? In your recipe, your favorite recipe, think about it. If you're going to sacrifice flavor, taste, texture, and smell, it's not worth it. So I would say eat a small amount, a satisfying amount. Don't eat it too quickly. And for those foods where you can make some changes without altering the pleasure of eating, then I would say, go for it. One of my favorite foods, traditional foods from the Caribbean coast of Colombia is coconut rice. It's made with coconut milk, not coconut water, and it's a savory dish and we add the rice. So I found that purchasing lower fat coconut milk would give me the same flavor and it did not sacrifice any of the taste, but I was able to reduce about 30% of the fat. So that's what I'm talking about. Try it, and then you see what is it that you can enjoy and what is it that you will not enjoy. So do a little experimentation. So to, Absolutely. The, to that end, are there some basic tips or tricks you have for making recipes a little healthier? You just talked about substituting lower fat coconut milk for regular coconut milk. Uh, do you recommend maybe replacing half of the white flour with whole wheat flour? How do you usually tell people to get started? Use healthier fat options such as olive oil, um, nuts, etc., avocado. But another thing that people do not consider, which are my two go-to uh, favorite choices, are you can cook things using either broth or stock, whether it's chicken, beef, or vegetable stock, that usually enhances the flavor if you are if you're cooking vegetables or cooking rice or potato and you miss that fat, cook it 
in broth. And if you're trying to cut back on the sodium, there are low sodium versions. Another thing that people don't think about, and again, is one of my favorite cooking methods, is to use citrus, whether it's uh, lemon, lime, um, even oranges, and the rind of those. And when you are poaching, last night, my husband prepared a delicious salmon. And what he did was he poached it, he covered it and infused it with lemons and limes and also spices. It was absolutely delicious. It is tender. It is moist. So I would say those are my go-to tricks so that you can reduce some of that excess oil. So I know spices, you alluded to this a minute ago, spices are another way we can get more flavor into foods, maybe without adding additional salt or fat. If someone's kind of, you know, a spice newbie, where would you say they should uh, think about getting started? What, What spices should they start their spice cabinet with? I would say onion, garlic powder, not garlic salt or onion salt. I would say that those those are basic. I love and adore cumin. So I would definitely um, ask people, just try cumin. Another thing that I think brings this smokiness to food, and again, it's not too uh, foreign for a newbie, and that would be smoked paprika. Not regular paprika, but smoked paprika. So I would say that start with those four and then start to branch out to other types of spices. All right. No matter what our culture is or our favorite foods, there are some general guidelines that usually lead people to eat healthier. And I'd like to talk with you about those now. Kind of the big three, planning and meal prep, cooking at home, and mindfulness. So let's start by talking about why cooking and eating at home is so important and and why we should be prioritizing it. Well, when when we cook and eat at home, we are controlling the portion. We are controlling the ingredients. And we are also controlling the quality of the foods that we eat. So those are three things, elements that are extremely important. Another thing that you mentioned was mindfulness. And that is connecting more with our food, connecting more with how we feel. Because many times we eat mindlessly. Uh, We usually have the telephone on one hand that is our eternal companion. Um, We may have the TV and we may have the laptop all going on at the same time. And what that does is gets us to forget that delicious connection with the aroma of food, with the flavors of food, and also with how we feel about certain foods. You know, when we were talking about having our favorite foods, you know, you said, you know, your absolute favorite food, you love the smell, you love the texture. And you said, you know, you want to eat it slowly. And I think sometimes we think about mindfulness and think, you know, we have to be in a Zen monastery. But sometimes being mindful with our food (laughs) is just slowing down enough to actually taste it. Um, So tell me a little bit about how you kind of encourage the folks you work with to actually really enjoy the food that they that they're choosing to eat. Well, I would say as much as you can, and many times you can't. One of my own personal goals was to take time just to eat, not to have a bite and then continue typing, but just focusing on the food and then 
having an internal check-in with myself and say, am I hungry? Am I full? Am I thirsty? Lorena, we know that for many people, food is used as a way to express love to family and friends. What tips do you have for people living with diabetes so that they're able to cook and enjoy food with loved ones? Well, I think uh, two things that are that are important, and that is if you enjoy cooking and even if you don't, there are plenty of places where you can find dishes that uh, meet your goals. That's one. The other thing is that most people, when they're preparing foods or ordering foods for gatherings, they are going to serve something that most likely will be perfectly okay for you to eat. So that's another thing to consider. Then the third option is when someone says, just a little bit, is come on, it's not going to hurt you. And I know that we have all heard that in one way or another. So what I say is anticipate those conversations and bring them up before you are part of that scenario. And that is if Ansley's inviting me to her house and I know that she cooks something that is delicious and I'd rather not touch, then I contact Ansley or I chat with her and I let her know, listen, I have some goals in mind and I know that your rice is absolutely delicious to die for. However, even just a little bit will derail me from my goals. And I know you want the best for me and you're going to understand. Is there something that that you want me to bring or that conversation will most likely, most people will understand that you're appreciating, but this is something that you're doing not to derail yourself from your goals and you can still enjoy the company, the laughter and enjoy uh, each other. Uh, I think taking that on in advance so you're kind of not put on the spot in the moment is such a great suggestion. Lorena, thank you so much for sharing such great information tonight with us. We so appreciate your very practical and positive perspective. So thank you for being here with us. My pleasure. Stay safe, stay healthy, and take good care. Good night, folks.